in this four o'clock hour. We're going to turn our attention to the latest in WA footy. We're going to talk some cricket as well with sports reporter for 10 News First, Lockie Reid. Lockie, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Maddie. How are you, mate? I'm doing very well. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. I've just actually listened to an interview with Ashton Agar. We, uh, we were out at the airport as he arrived home uh, this afternoon. So Ashton Agar, of course, been sent packing by the Australian cricket team, told to come back. He'll play a couple of one-days for WA, the one on Sunday and then the final. Um, and then we'll head back to India to uh, play in the one-day series for Australia. But obviously won't take part in any of the remaining tests. Uh, he, he's an amazing guy, Ashton Agar. He's a great talker. And he's so, um, yeah, just articulate in terms of uh, what he has to say. So, look, taking it on the chin, he'll move on. He'll do his, you know, if he gets back in the team, he'll do his very best and uh, just a humble sort of guy. So listen out for that tonight on 10 News First. We'll have it uh, a one-on-one exclusive, Matty. We like those in the world of journalism. We do. Now, Ashton Agar, do you think... He has a shot at returning to the Australian Test team in the near future, or do you think his opportunities has come and gone? Oh, you would think with what he's been through over the past uh, month or so that maybe they're starting to look elsewhere. I'm not really sure where he stands in terms of maybe going to England. You know, is he the type of bowler that they would use in England or at least want to have up their sleeve? So that would be his next chance. But... You would think, as I said, he was part of the touring party that actually was chosen initially for India. Then he didn't get a spot in the first test because Todd Murphy got the, the call up and that was you know, a good choice in the end because Todd Murphy took seven wickets. And then Kuhneman came across. He wasn't even part of the initial touring squad and all of a sudden he's into the team. So, uh, look, uh, purely conditions now for Ashton Agar, uh, a good person. So we'll always be welcomed in the team and will always be a chance to get in the team. But... Maybe it depends on um, just where they are and how they're playing and whether they need that type of bowler. But certainly it's going to be a tough battle for him and maybe one-day cricket and the T20 style is uh, the way to go for him. How have you seen the Aussies so far over in India? It's, it's just been hard to watch. Yeah, hard to watch. Yeah, haven't really uh, enjoyed seeing them at all, to be honest. <laughs> um, <laughs> look, they're, they're up against a really good Indian team, aren't they? On their home deck, on tough pitches. Uh the Sunday afternoon session where they lost so many wickets in like 48 minutes uh, was really tough to watch. That was the worst patch of you know, cricket you've seen from Australia for quite some time. So, uh, look, they just need to redeem themselves. They need to tough it out over there. It's tough conditions there. Ashenega actually just said then in his interview that, you know, individually and as a team, it is tough to go to India, um, you know, and be there for a long period of time. So... Uh, it'll be a testing time for them, and I suppose it'll be a good challenge for them just to see mentally how they can get through uh, the next little period. Do you think we could see Cam Green and Lance Morris uh, playing parts in the next two tests? I, I, I don't know about Lance Morris. I reckon Cameron Green comes back in, gives them that uh, middle-order batsman and then also that opportunity for him to bowl as well. The big question is, you know, Mitch Stark, surely he's, sort of able to come back. He was close to selection in the second test. Surely another week or two uh, gets him fit so that they go if Cummins comes back. Obviously got some personal uh, a personal illness that he needs to deal with back here in Australia, but obviously they need the captain back. Would they go Cummins and, and Stark and have Green play, maybe drop a batsman, uh, you know, and still play the spinners? It'll be interesting to see because obviously the batting has been the major issue. So do you go more batsmen or do you 
you try and bowl India out quicker than they have been uh, in the first two tests. So plenty of decisions to be made, but I'm tipping Cameron Green comes back into the team. Uh, I reckon he's fit and he's ready to go, so that'll be good news for him. Is it the last we've seen of David Warner at test level? Really good question. I mean, um, yeah, does he go to the Ashes is the big question. And uh, that's, yeah, look, I could easily say now, yep, probably because it's time to move on and try try and get another... Uh, you know, youngster, some experience, but you know, you want to win the Ashes, don't you? So you've got to take your best players if you're part of the best 11. Uh, probably not for me to answer at this stage. I'm tipping that he probably goes, but um, it'll be an interesting little call to make over the next little period of time. It certainly will. Uh, let's turn our attention from cricket, Lockie, to some footy because there's been a, a fair bit of news going on over the last week or so. And uh, well, yesterday we heard the news that. The Waffle Grand Final has a home for 2023. It will be returning to Optus Stadium on Sunday, the 24th of September. What are your thoughts on the Waffle Grand Final heading back to Optus? Mixed, to be honest, Matty. Um, like, I love the community feel about Grand Finals in the WAFL. I really enjoyed what I saw over the last two years. You know, a really good atmosphere, the the, uh, the last year's grand final, uh, just, you know, storming onto the ground and the crowd was on the ground and it just felt like the good old days of WAFL footy. However, having a son that played, as you know, with Benny uh, and playing, albeit a reserves grand final, winning reserves grand final, it's probably one of his great moments of his footy career as a young kid is to step out onto Optus Stadium, a ground where, you know, the AFL teams play and we had a grand final. That It's a pretty good experience for someone of that sort of age, a youngster who's, uh, you know, playing footy and will never get to the AFL level but can get to the WAFL, whether it be league or reserves or even Colts. So um, I suppose for the kid, if you ask the players, I actually think most of them would say, yeah, let's play on Optus Stadium. Uh, if, you're, if you're talking about the fans, they probably enjoy the closeness and the, the vibe of a community ground. For me... Probably the community ground. I, I really enjoyed the last two years. I love seeing, as I said, players and spectators all running onto the ground and, and the, the oval on the far side packed as opposed to an off the stadium with 20,000 people spread around the stadium. It didn't even look like 20,000. Is there is there a spot in WA that we can have the best of both worlds? A, a stadium potentially that holds enough to, to host a Waffle Grand Final but still has that bit of a local ground feeling? Yeah, probably probably not. I mean, last year's probably the best case scenario, isn't it? I mean, uh, the arena is, uh, or Joondalup is a really good stadium in terms of it's, um, you know, it hasn't been around for long uh, and, and the facilities are pretty rock solid as opposed to some of the grounds around uh, the state here and Perth itself uh, aren't, so, aren't so great, are they? You know, you've got crappy toilets and pardon the pun, uh, you know, you've got uh, ordinary facilities that don't really um, probably stand up to what, you know, you would like to have for 15,000 people cramming in. So, look, uh, I mean, as I say, Optus is the ultimate stadium, best stadium in Australia. So I suppose if you're the WAFL, why wouldn't you have a crack and play your grand final there? Your showpiece needs to be at the best venue and Optus is the best venue. All right, let's take a look at our two WA teams in the AFL, the Fremantle Dockers. They had their launch earlier on today. And uh, the West Coast Eagles, how are our two AFL teams shaping up? 
They're shaping up pretty well. I reckon injury-wise, they're not too bad. Obviously, West Coast Oscar Allen had a bit of a hamstring awareness, so that'll be interesting. I wouldn't think if he's had hamstring awareness last week, you wouldn't think he'd play this week, but that we'll find out a bit more tomorrow as to whether they'll test him out. We'd love to see him back regularly playing. He's going to be a key player. Obviously, Jack Darling is a bit of a concern with that ankle, whether he gets up for round one. Shuey didn't play last week. Will he play this week? But the good news for West Coast is, you know, that Nui looks OK. Elliot Yo's played some good games. Tim Kelly looks fit. And there's a couple of youngsters there that are showing their, their wares, which is nice, like Jinby and Elijah Hewitt, I think, has been solid through the preseason. So uh, I think more positive news for West Coast than this time last year, but they've still got a little bit of work to do. Frio, likewise. Michael Walters won't play the pre-season games, neither will Michael Frederick. But I think pretty much most of the boys uh, will all play. I, th- I think, in fact, you know, 90% of the squad will actually play on Friday. They're going to have like seven different uh, periods, six 25-minute periods and then a the 20-minute period. So uh, I think they'll give everyone as much of a run as possible. I'd hate to be the man on the interchange bench organising that, uh, <laughs> subbing blokes on and subbing blokes off. But uh, yeah, we'll get to we'll get to see on Friday just where they're at. I reckon in terms of who's going to be fit for round one. Are we any closer to finding out who their new captain will be? Well, they voted uh, yesterday. I'm told uh, on the leadership group, so they vote on a leadership group, and then a, a captain comes out of that. I oh, look. There's a general feel that it's going to be over the next 24 hours or so. Um, and obviously it's between three, it seems to be, Sarong, Brayshaw and Pierce. Uh, I can't tell you how the votes went because I haven't actually found out officially, but I know the leadership group has been voted upon. Uh, probably there's a bit of a process needs to go to the board, which would be probably being done now or tonight or might have been done this afternoon and we're awaiting the uh, the final voting. So it'll be interesting to see. Did I go... Do they go the new era in Brayshaw or Sarong, or Brayshaw and Sarong as co-captains? Justin Longmuir said last week that he probably prefers captain as opposed to co-captains. Or do they go the man that's uh, sort of ready-made because he's already done it for most of last year in Alex Pierce? That's the big question. I'm sort of thinking, and this is only my personal opinion, you'd probably stick to Pierce and let Brayshaw and Sarong become the superstars of the competition that they should become and don't put added pressure on them. Pierce has handled it. His body seems to be holding up. Uh, Rock-solid citizen and, um, you know, as I said, did the job last year. So maybe give it to him for two years, try and win a flag in that time, and then it gets handed over to one of Brayshaw or Sarong or both of them. But, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll hear about it very soon, I'm sure. Uh, Well done to Zach Merritt on being announced as the Essendon captain moving forward. Great uh, news for him, and I'm sure he'll do a fine job. Uh, Last one, Lockie, before I do let you go. There was a bit of news earlier in the, in the week in regards to Jack Ginnivan. Uh, he was caught taking an illicit mm. substance and has been suspended for two um, pre-season games and two home and away games. What are your thoughts on that penalty and what are your thoughts on the way that Collingwood handled the situation? Well, look, I, the way they handled the situation, it was, it was pretty much forced upon him, wasn't it? I'm told that... Um you know, uh, the AFL and Collingwood were dealing with it. Uh, media outlets got hold of uh, some vision, which probably forced their hand to come to bring it out a little quicker than uh, maybe they would have liked or they were prepared to do. Two games, yeah, probably probably about reasonable. Uh, I would have thought uh, it means he's probably not going to play footy for, what, six weeks from now. Um, so it's a, long, it's a fair while for him after doing a whole pre-season. Um, 
you know, look, I suppose, yeah, two weeks is enough, but, you know, you're not going to suspend him for half a season or a full season because of something like that. But hopefully he learns his lesson and uh, does the right thing from now on. That's uh, the big thing. And you hope the rest of the competition also learn a lesson from uh, his troubles that uh, it's not the way to go and concentrate on playing footy and doing the right things. You certainly do. All right, uh, Lockie, a big thanks to you for, for joining me on the program this afternoon. Thank you very much for taking the time. 10 News First, big big exclusive coming up tonight, as you mentioned, with Ashton Agar. Yeah, absolutely. Matty, thanks, mate. Thank you. There he goes. Lockie Reid from 10 News First, uh, a pleasure as always.